Welcome to Cornerstone Church of Parker and our Sunday service webcast, which is connecting you to God's Word anywhere over the internet. We're glad you're joining our webcast today and pray that God will minister to you as we share His good news in Christ Jesus. And now, with a message from God's Word, here's our speaker for today. have a Bible of your own, we have some we'd love to give to you. Just raise a hand up and our ushers will grab you one and uh, consider it a gift for you to keep. All right, so here we are. We're in this series today. Uh, we're almost done with it, believe it or not. We've been talking about foundations the last uh, couple months here, just rebuilding our relationships and our theology. And in that, it's one series with two parts. We've been learning, first of all, about our most important relationships and how God wants us to function in those. And uh, last couple weeks, we've been looking at more theological issues, our most important doctrines. And so we started out, Brother Nate started out, uh, us out talking about the one true God and how there's, there's only one God, contrary to what the world may believe, there's only one true God and he's revealed himself in scriptures. I spoke about that a couple weeks ago, how he gave us the inspired scriptures and how these scriptures are what changes our lives. And so it's very important for us to uh, uh, be in the scriptures because, first of all, they lead us to salvation. That was our sermon last week. Brother Mike spoke about that. And today, I I build off of that, speaking about the topic of sanctification. So once we come to know and and renew our relationship with the one true God, then what? Because we don't immediately go to heaven, that blessed hope that Brother John will speak on next week. We have to live here a while. And so what does God want us to do afterwards between coming to know him and passing away or going to be with him in heaven? There's that space in between, and so that's what I get to share about today. And the title of my sermon is, Sanctification is Failing Forward. God's love keeps us coming back. As I thought about uh, sanctification and just growing to be more like, like Christ and, or just fulfilling God's will in our lives in an ever-increasing fashion, I thought, you know what? Uh, it's very, it's like failing forward. We, we, there's a lot of struggle to it, especially when we're a new Christian. And I, it reminded me when I first came to, to know the Lord, um, even though I, I had been raised in a, in a godly home, and I had very good parents and grandparents, I, I still realized, especially as I, as I grew into a teenager and had become more uh, adult thinking, I realized that, you know what? I, I've, I've got a corrupt mind. I, I actually got involved in some, some things that I, I wouldn't, I would be ashamed to talk about from the pulpit. But, you know, I, I, that corrupt thinking led to some corrupt living. I, my thoughts were sinful, so what I valued was sinful, and I looked for ways to fulfill those sinful desires, and as a result, made some very sinful choices. And so, in the end, I found myself a slave to my body. I remember as a teenager thinking about some of the things that I was doing, thinking, how do I overcome this? Okay, because when these natural tendencies rise up, I found it almost impossible to do anything but give in to them. And so that was a cycle that I was caught in until, until I turned to the Lord for help. And that's where, like I talked about with Brennan, you know, Christianity, as we grow up in a godly home, can sometimes become more of a lifestyle than it is a personal relationship. We just kind of are around it, and so we we pick up on it. But there has to come a point in everybody's life, and for me it was when I was uh, a teenager, that we make it our own faith. How many of you know what I'm talking about? We make our own choice that, yes, I I will serve the Lord. Whether my parents do or not, I will serve the Lord. And so when I confessed those sinful ways and, and expressed my faith in Christ, my heart changed instantly. My heart was changed instantly. I had a, the, the Spirit of God came in me, and instantly the Spirit changed, right? In my, but my soul, my thoughts, feelings, and desires, those changed slowly, right? Those changed slower. My spirit changed instantly. I had a desire to please God, but my habits my attitudes and my actions, those things that I did without even thinking, those changed slowly, slowly over time. And so there were days where I would still fail. I would fail. I would fall forward 
and get back up. Only to repeat that again, unfortunately, a little bit later. But because I really knew that God loved me and I really loved God, I kept going. I kept getting up and kept moving closer and closer to God. God's love kept me coming back. Some people, they fall and they shrink back. Some people fall and they shrink back. They're extremely hard on themselves and they don't realize some very important things about sanctification, that it is failing forward. I mean, some days, I don't know that I was walking with God. I think I was crawling with God. Have you ever had a day like that? Yeah, God, I'm spending more time falling than I am upright, walking with you. But it's his love that keeps us coming back. And you know what? Eventually, those temptations didn't appeal to me quite as much anymore. I found myself not naturally doing those things anymore. The longer that crawl went to a walk, and now it's more like a run. And sure, there's things that tempt me now, still tempt me, um, of course, now and again. But in general, I find myself living that abundant life that Jesus died on the cross to give me. And that's where God wants us to be. So I'm sure that every follower of Christ has uh, stories like mine. They illustrate over and over again how God changed your life and you went from that crawl to a walk and now you're running with the Lord. And he changed you. He changed your life because he changed how you thought. Okay? And any sort of addiction or old habits or destructive behaviors that we had when we first came to know the Lord, those things started to fall off as we got into his word, as we maintain an absolute conviction that he loves us. How many of you can testify to that, that if you didn't know that God loved you, you probably would have given up a long time ago? Absolutely, I'm right there with you. See, it's God's love that keeps us coming back to him. It's his love that works in us and through us for our lives for uh, for the good. Usually it's for the good of, uh, of other people, but in the end, I really think it's, it benefits us too. I can testify, and I'm sure you can as well, that my life is better. My relationships are better. My marriage, my relationships with my children, my, my relationships at work or church or in the community in general are better because I'm following Christ. Amen? Yeah. Amen. And so we're talking about sanctification today. And I want to, um, you know, it's, it's, for me, it's not a topic that, uh, or my belief is this a topic that doesn't get enough attention. Um, as I was finishing preparing this sermon, I thought, man, this is perhaps one of the most important sermons I've ever preached because it is so relevant to our day-to-day life as Christians. And so I want to share with you a few things this morning. Um, we're going to talk about what sanctification is. We're going to find that it's a, a really long word with a really simple meaning, okay? So we're going to talk about what it is and why God would want us to be sanctified. We're going to look at what our role in sanctification is and what is God's role. And then lastly, I'm going to wrap up with giving you a first step, a first step. If you're struggling today and you you're can totally relate to my story just failing forward and, and that's where you're at today, it feels like more of a crawl, I'm going to give you a, a first step to help you go from a crawl to a walk to a run. Uh, Along the way, we're going to take a video break, conversation break, uh, and then uh, actually play a a game, okay? Kind of a messy game, I will admit. I will admit. This is the first time playing a game with you guys, so hopefully I'll have a few people want to play. All right, so let's get started. We're talking about sanctification today. Sanctification is failing forward. What is it, and why would God want us to be sanctified? So sanctification is the act of separating ourselves from evil, and devoting ourselves to God. And so by separating ourselves from what is evil, we become holy. Holiness is extremely important to God. Why? Well, because he is holy. In 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16, we read that God wants us to be holy because he is holy. In Hebrews 12, 14, we read that without holiness, no one can see God. You see, the very first point I want to make today is that God loves us very, very much. He loves us so much, and he wants us to see him, but we can't see him as is. We cannot see God as is. We have to be holy first. 
And on our own, we can't make ourselves holy. But fortunately, Hebrews 13, 12 tells us that Jesus suffered on the cross to make us holy. So now anyone who makes Jesus the leader of their lives is viewed by God as holy, even though they're not actually perfect. Let me say that again. Anyone who expresses faith in Christ and makes him the leader of their life, God views as holy, even though they're not perfect. This, my friends, is the good news. This is the good news, that we can be holy in God's eyes without actually being perfect. And it's all because of our faith in Christ. Now, why would, why would he do this? I already told you. Because he loves us very, very much. Listen to this. See, God gives us some margin. He gives, in his mercy, he gives us some margin. When we become, when we come to know the Lord, we're, we're not perfect. We, our spirit changes, but our thoughts and our feelings and our desires, they're still corrupt. And so in that moment, even, in, even though we have those bad habits, even though we have those, those sinful thoughts or those uh, sinful feelings, okay, selfish ways, God looks at us because of our faith in Christ as being totally perfect. He looks at us that way. And I, I, as I thought about it, I thought, man, that is awesome. That is such a good thing that God gives us a little margin. He gives us some time to become more like Christ. He loves us enough to call us one of his children, even though in some ways we don't act like one. How many of you can testify to that? That there are times when you don't act like God's children. You might, you might say something, do something, think something, and you go, oh, shoot. That's not what, what Jesus would do. But yet God, in God's eyes, he views you as one of his children, all because of your faith in Christ. And this is why Paul writes in Romans 12, uh, verses 1 and 2. Would you turn there with me today? This is where we're going to be for a few moments. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. This is why Paul writes, And so, dear brothers, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is, the tr- this is truly the way to worship him. So in view of God's great love for us, in, in light of the fact that he calls you one of your one, uh, us one of his children even when we don't act like one, in view of the fact that, that he loves you so much to say you're perfect when you're actually not, offer yourselves to God. This is truly the way to worship him. And so I want to look at these two verses in greater detail. And by doing so, we're going to be able to understand what our response to God's love is, what is our role in this sanctification process, and then also, what is God's role? But before we do, I would like you to take a moment and consider this video. So we're going to take a quick see and share break. Watch the video, and then I'm going to have us get up and talk with one another for a few moments. Take a look. Sanctification, the process of growing more like Jesus. Most of us know our salvation is through grace alone, not by our own works. However, it is often overlooked that sanctification is also through grace alone. Many of us try, by our own power, to work at making ourselves more like Jesus. In essence, we say, Thanks for saving me, Jesus. I'll take it from here. That isn't how it works. Galatians 3.3 says, How foolish can you be? After starting your new lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Take the example of a fruit tree. Does a fruit tree have to work at growing fruit? If it's rooted in the soil to the source of its nutrients, then the fruit will grow on its own. So it is with us. If we are staying connected to God, the source of life, the fruit of the Spirit will grow on its own. And we will grow more like Jesus. Stay rooted in Christ, constantly cultivating the soil that is your relationship with God. Let Him grow your fruit.
Amen. So what I want to do right now is just give you a chance to, to share with somebody what changes is God making in you? What, uh, how are you becoming more like Christ right now? So I'm going to give you a second to think about that. I want you to stand up on your feet. They put a little music on. I'm going to give you about two minutes. Find someone to share that quick story with, and then we'll finish up here. your way back to your seats. Awesome. I love taking those little breaks here and just giving you guys a chance to share and respond to what we're learning about today. Let's take a moment to briefly review. Who can tell me my first point? First point. God loves you. God loves us so much that he gives us some margin. He gives us some room to grow. Okay, uh, he just absolutely loves us. He's not angry with us. Okay, and sanctification is very much failing forward. And so now we're uh, we've looked at what sanctification is and why it's important to God. He wants to see us, right? But we can't see him as is. We've got to we've got to grow. Um, we've got to be holy, and that is through our faith in Christ. And now we're going to look at what is our role in sanctification, and what is God's role. Let's look at. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Look at those again with me. Let's read them together. It says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you 
into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So in the first verse, we find our response to God. And in the second verse, we find his role in sanctification. So first of all, Paul says, listen, in light of God's great love for you, in in light of the fact that he, he calls you perfect when you're actually not, present your bodies to him. Present your bodies to him. Why? Because Paul says it's the only reasonable response considering all God has done for us. And so what does that look like? What does it mean to present our bodies to God? Paul tells us in Romans chapter 6, verses 12 through 14, and specifically in verse 13, he says, use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Before we were, uh, we, we were saved, before we came to know the Lord, we used our bodies in corrupt ways, as instruments to do what is wrong, to do what is sinful, to do what is selfish. But Paul says, no, now that you have come to know the Lord, present your body to him. God, in light of your great love, here I am. What do you want to do with me now? I, I'm here. He renews our spirit. He fills us with life. And then he starts working in our soul, in our thoughts, in our feelings and desires, that part of us that animates and controls this physical body, right? When, when if without the spirit and without the personality, without the soul, the body just is dead, right? It just lays there. But he gives us a new spirit. Our connection with him is renewed, okay? That's our source of life. And then he starts working in our thoughts and our feelings and desires. And every time we show up and say, God, I'm here. What would you want to use these hands for? Where would you like these feet to go today? What would you like these lips to speak? How would you like these ears to listen or these eyes to see? What do you want to show me today, God? How do I see what you see? How do I do what you do and go where you go? That's what Paul is talking about. And I, I, how many of you remember, I, when I was a kid, we had these what would Jesus do bracelets? Do you remember that? That, it started out with like this really cool movement and then it kind of got corny over time. And, but yeah, I love the premise of it, okay? Because that's exactly what Paul's talking about here. Every day we show up and say, God, what would you, what would you want me to do? And, and sometimes coming and presenting your body and say, God, how would you like to use these hands today? And he says, oh, I'd like you to go do this. Go help them. Go serve them. And it's a sacrifice, it's hard. That's why Paul says, be a living sacrifice. I love this Elizabeth Elliot quote. It kind of reminded me of the, the sacrifice aspect of this. She said, when the will of God crosses the will of man, somebody has to die. And I think that is extremely true because we come to the Lord in light of his great love and sometimes we've got to die. Sometimes we've got to say, okay, you love me so much, I'm going to go do it. I don't really want to, but you got to change that part too, Lord. <laughs> you know, so that's our role, first and foremost. We present our bodies to God. Use me, Lord. The second part is his role, and we look in verse 2. Look at that again. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. God's role is to change the way we think. I love uh, another translation that says, let God renew your mind. Let him. And so even there, God will renew our minds as we let him, as we allow him to. Um, Paul says, first and foremost, that naturally we copy the behavior and customs of this world. Naturally we do that. Naturally we follow along in the sinful and selfish ways that everybody else is is doing. But God doesn't call us to live that way. He calls us to live supernaturally, right? He calls us to live up and above the natural realm. A lot of people think that living supernaturally is that you like walk on your pool, you know, or that you, you just, everywhere you go, your shadow touches people and they just change and they just brighten there. They get healed. Yeah, and those miracles did occur and I believe they can still occur. God can move miraculously. But generally speaking, anytime, men, anytime we love our wives like God says we should, anytime we put them first, we are living supernaturally because that's our, not our natural tendency, right? Anytime we're, we're gentle with our children, anytime we uh, uh, 
do our job well, anytime we interact with people in the community in a way that benefits them, that's not natural. That is supernatural. And that is a result of God's working in our lives. God's called us to live up and above those natural tendencies. He's called us to live like Christ. But to live like Christ, we've got to think like Christ. You don't live like Christ if you don't think like Christ, okay? So uh, what's that, that verse that says, as a man thinks, so he is? Is that the verse, Mike? Something like that? Yep. So we have to think like Christ in order to live like Christ. But how, do, how does that happen? What mechanism does God use to help us think like Christ? How does he renew our minds so that we can live like Christ? Anybody got a guess? And get in the word. It's the inspired scriptures, what I talked about uh, two weeks ago. See, without God, the influence of God's word in our lives, we naturally copy the behavior and customs of this world. How many of you remember two weeks ago, I mentioned, hey, if, if you, uh, you want to uh, see where your mind goes or where your feelings or your thoughts go, uh, your desires uh, go without God's word, just try it for a minute. Just try it for a week. Don't read the Bible for a week. It, it'll scare you. Okay, <laughs> you know, you'll, be, you'll see where your mind goes without the, the word of God influencing on it. Now, nobody actually do that, please. Okay, see, without the influence of God's word, we value the things the world values. And what we value determines what we see. That's a whole nother sermon, but values determine vision. Values determine what you see. It determines what you see in God, what you see in yourself, what you see in others. And vision determines how you relate to God and others. So if to relate to others in ways that are productive and enjoyable, you have to see what God sees, okay? But to see what God sees, you have to value what God values, but you won't value what God values unless you think like God thinks, and you won't think like God thinks unless you are in the Word. Do I need to say that again? Maybe. (laughs) The bottom line is this. God's word is the catalyst for our change. If you want to change in any way, get in the scriptures. That is my highest hope for for us as a congregation and for you as an individual. Just be in the scriptures. Nothing will make me more proud than to hear that you are reading your Bible consistently, watching the Bible, being taught, or listening to the Bible. I don't necessarily care how you you, uh, interact with God's word, just that you are. Just that you are. Just that I am. Because God's word is the catalyst for our change. Honey, will you come up here? Greg, will you assist her, please? We need those two bowls. I thought of a little object lesson, and we'll just kind of see how this goes. I've got a bowl of dirt and a bowl of water. Come on up. Yes. Come on up. Step up here. I know. I know. This is payback. This is payback. Okay, Greg, she might need you to hold, hold the bowl. Okay, let's add a little water to that too. What, it made, what I thought of is this idea that when we come to the Lord, we are filthy. Right? He changes our spirit, but still our mind will and emotions, they're, they're not what they should be. And so we, we come to them kind of dirty. Go ahead. Put some on my face. Really? Eh, really. Just not my bangs, because I love my bangs. You... <laughs> okay, go ahead. Okay, for real? For real. Okay. Just go ahead. Get it on there. Don't, don't be shy. Just get it on there quick. Okay. Keep more? more. Yeah, more. Woo, this is so much fun. Really good. Really good. Oh, no, that'll get my bangs dirty. I'm teasing. I really don't love my bangs. All right, just go ahead, quick. It, it's, yeah. Other side. I'm trying to preserve the beautiful yep. carpet. That's true. That's true. Way to think ahead. Oh, right there. Right there. Right there. We oh, ever That's okay. We're all right. We have a vacuum. All right. Everybody good? Okay. So we come to the Lord. Put some on here, too. Put some where? On these. Ooh, this is going to be a little harder to clean. This is clay. Welcome to Colorado. All right. All right. There we go. 
So, good. I'm going to get you back later. Don't take a nap this afternoon. All right, so, we come to the Lord like this. We come to the Lord with bad thoughts, bad feelings, bad desires. And yet, because he loves us so much, he gives us some what? Gives us some margin, right? He, in some days, even though he, he looks at us like, you might look at me and say, man, you have some bad habits. You don't look like Christ. But how does God see it? How does God see me? If I have faith in Christ, he sees me as perfectly clean. Perfectly clean, okay? And so some days I might fall down. I might make a mistake. I might drop into that bad habit, but God's love keeps me coming back. And so I get back up and I get into the scriptures. And every time I get into the scriptures, they just kind of wash things off. Some of those bad habits start falling off. I might need more water, Greg. No, I'm not joking. Can you go get more water? <laughs> and a towel, probably. There you go. Cool. Thank you, Greg. All right. And then I make a, so I get into the Word, and I get a little cleaner. I, I find myself uh, not tempted by that so much anymore. But I got some other things I'm working on. And so as I get into the Word more, as I let the Holy Spirit renew my thoughts, I start to get cleaned up a little bit. Do you notice that this is a process? We don't, get, we don't change habits. We don't change old thinking patterns in a moment. It takes time. Mm-hmm. I um, noticed when reading the scripture that Paul says, we will learn, we will learn what God's will is, right? Learning comes in layers. Learning comes of failing, Growing, moving forward. Go ahead, you've got to get my face now. Clean. Clean. Attempt. Come on up here, Greg. Yeah. Thank you. I don't know if I'm going to get this totally clean, guys. But are you getting the idea? Yes. Okay. It is coming off. Oh, sorry. I'll just take that off. This is sanctification. A little bit at a time, until eventually we look like a totally new person, right? Thank you. All right, thank you very much. And so that's what God does with us. He gives us some margin. He gives, just like you guys weren't impatient. None of you guys were impatient. You were like, man, this is taking a long time. You know, none of you guys were impatient. God is exactly that same way. He looks at us and he says, you know what, they're growing. And the devil, he comes, what does he do? He trolls, yeah. He tweets something nasty about you. He, he lets other people know just, how, how can they call themselves a Christian? Look at, look at what they're doing. Look what they say. Look how they, they're acting. And yet God's love keeps us coming back. It keeps us coming back. And give us a little time, and we're going to be totally, totally different persons. Um, I'd like to play a game with you to illustrate this. We've got time. I'm actually almost done. And instead of dirt, I'd like to use shaving cream. Okay? And there's some, there's some um, this is where the payback's coming on, maybe. Okay? So instead, instead uh, of shaving cream, or instead of dirt, we're going to use shaving cream. And I've got candy on the line. Lots of it. Okay? Do I have anybody willing to play a game? Here's the game. We're going to foam up your face, and then a friend or your spouse gets to squirt it off. And we're going to give you a minute, and we're going to just see who can get sanctified the most. All right? Do I have people that would like to play this game? Stand up if you'd like to play. I need at least four. I need at least four. I got two. Anybody else? Anybody else? I see people talking like they really want to, but they're... Oh, we got it. Oh, we got it. All right, come on up, Drew. Come on up. Give him a round of applause. Right over here. Right over here. You know, these, these guys, they're used to having cream on. Do I have four people, women perhaps, willing to spray them? Hose them down? Get up. Stand up. I need four. Willing to do the spraying. 
Come on up. Cream them up. You can. Well, we have four bottles. So we have four. Yep, Greg's helping me here. Give us a little bit of upbeat music here in a second. They're toweling up. Cream them. Cream them. I need two more people to do the spraying. Two more. Two. Yep, come on up, Ann. I need one more. One more sprayer. Candy's on the line. I know you ladies like chocolate. You all have secret stashes. I know. Okay, come on. Come on. Cream them up really good. That's good. That's good. All right. Very nice. All righty. Get your bottle. Pick a guy. Pick a guy. We're going to give you a, a minute. Give us some upbeat music. Um, let's take two steps. How, how about to the edge of the, the, edge of the plastic? There we go. Upbeat music. Here we go. Um, winner gets candy. Who's going to win this game, by the way? Is it going to be you guys? Is it going to be you guys? How about you guys? Are you going to win? He says, sure. I don't know about if you're going to win. How about you guys? Oh, yeah. How about in the end? Yeah. All right. Here we go. On your count, Mark. Get set. Go. No, back up. Back up a little bit. You got to back up. Back up. Back up. And you got to back up a little. There you go. Toes on the tarp. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> They're going crazy. Oh, yeah. You got about 15 seconds. I'm watching my clock. 15 seconds to sanctify them, men. We're just going to be the judge. 10. Count with me. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Stop. Let's take a look. Go ahead, ladies, go ahead and have a seat. We got to take a look here. Who looks? We're going to vote. Everybody take a good look at these men. Let's see who's the most saying. Oh, you can't wipe that. You're out of there. Sit down. It's a process. No. All right. Who is the most sanctified? John? No. We don't even consider Mike cheater. Drew? Owen? No. Oh, Drew. The applause meter. You guys get a piece of candy for trying. For trying. Oh, I I cheated. That's okay. Grab a piece of candy before I change my mind. All right, ladies, where's the sprayers? Where's the sprayers? Can you get all them ladies one of those? And then all the rest of the candy gets split up between Drew and who's helping Drew? Ann. Drew and Ann, you get all the rest of the candy. Nice job. All right. So let's wrap up here. We're right on time. Guys, you can take your towels and stuff and go right, follow Greg right on out. Greg, Greg, we'll get that tarp later. We'll get it. Okay, so let's wrap up here. Yes. All right, nice job. Give him a round of applause again. All righty. Let me uh, read you a, a, just a little excerpt as we finish up. So it says, when a person becomes a Christian, he or she usually undergoes some radical life changes, especially if they have had an immoral background. Through the first steps of spiritual growth and self-denial, they get rid of large, obvious sins. But sad to say, many believers stop there. They don't go on to eliminate the little sins that clutter the landscape of their lives. Gordon MacDonald, in his book, Ordering Your Private World, uh, told of an experience in his own life that illustrates his truth. Some years ago, he says, when Gail and I bought the old abandoned New Hampshire farm we now call Peace Ledge, we found the site where we wished to build our country home strewn with rocks and boulders. It was going to take a lot of hard work to clear it out. The first phase of the clearing process was easy. The big boulders 
They went fast. And when they were gone, we began to see that there were a lot of smaller rocks that had to go too. But when we had cleared the site of the boulders and the smaller rocks, we noticed all of the stones and pebbles we had not seen before. This was much harder, more tedious work. But we stuck to it, and there came the day when the soil was ready for planting grass. You know, I love that story. I love that illustration because it just it shows us a process okay, of how we become more like Christ. We, the obvious things drop off, but then as we grow and we mature, we start to see smaller ways that we can become more like Christ. The, the, the attitudes and different actions. And those ones, they seem like they're the hardest to change, do they not? Those, those things that are so deeply ingrained in us. In that way, sanctification can be a struggle. At times, it can be a struggle, sometimes more than others. But to overcome, we must do the following. We must put off and put on. Paul tells us in, in Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 through 10, to strip off your sinful, selfish mode of living and put it to death. Take it off like a garment, he says. Take it off, this set of habits that isn't pleasing to God, that, those ways of doing things that just tear you down. Take it off and get rid of it. Put it to death. And when that thing comes crawling back, put it to death again and again and again and over and over and over until eventually you'll find it doesn't come back as much. The things that used to tempt you, that used to tempt me, they don't tempt me quite as much anymore because I've put them to death. And we use God's word to help us do that. We use God's word to rewire our minds in real time. Rewire our minds in real time. I was just learning this week uh, some stuff about the brain and how when we recall, especially a fearful moment, I was watching this video about these people that were uh, deathly afraid of tarantulas and spiders just in general, okay? And, and that's me. I hate spiders. Stomp them, kill them, spray them. Anything you do, <laughs> get rid of them things. How many of you are afraid of spiders? You right there with me? Yeah? Okay, absolutely. But what they would do is when they seen that fear, when, that, when they seen the spider, in your brain that it starts to get recalled. And if in that moment when that fear, or in this case, this sinful tendency comes up, you can disrupt that memory by doing a couple very simple things. You can disrupt that memory. You can disrupt that habit. And so that the next time, you're not quite as afraid. Or next time, the impulse is not quite as strong. And as I was reading through this and watching that video and connecting some other brain search that I've looked at, I realized that memorizing scriptures is extremely important for that reason. Because when you're in the midst of a temptation, when you're in the midst of some difficult circumstances where that natural tendency is climbing back on you, okay, it is, it is like too late to go find your Bible. Okay, it is too late to go find it and thumb through and, oh, I can't find it, I just give in. You know, <laughs> you just give in. You know what I'm saying? And so if you have the scriptures in your mind and in your heart, like David said, I have hid your word in my heart that I might not do what? Sin, Sin against you. And so here's some, here's some scriptures that have really helped me when I was a first new Christian, or when I was a new Christian, and even now, I quote them. When I feel tempted, if I'm in public, I'll say them under my breath. I'll say them out loud if I'm by myself. Um, uh, Romans um, 8.13, if we live by the flesh, we will die. But if by the Spirit I put to death, or we put to death the deeds of the body, we will live. Uh, Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me in the life I now live in the body. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 5.24, this is one of my favorites. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with its affections and desires. One translation says passions and lusts. I use that one. Uh, Luke 9.23, if any man come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. And so I... When I'm in the midst of a temptation, 
It's not my words and me like self-helping or talking myself through it. It is only the word of God that disrupts that memory and rewires my brain in real time. In all honesty, being able to quickly recall the scriptures is, I think, the difference between victory and defeat. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Amen. So sanctification is, is a struggle. And we have to put it off. We have to put that old nature off and put on the new nature. And when we do, we're going to find ourselves walking in victory. You know, just some last points here. My first point was what? What was my first point? God loves you. He loves us very, very much. He loves us enough to give us some margin. And so my last point is this. You have to remember who we have to remember who we are and who God is. Let me explain that. We have to remember who we are. That when we come to Christ, we are not perfect. Even if God says we are, we are, we are not, right? We still have those old habits, those old thinking processes, those old feelings, those old desires that we're working through. And so even though God looks at us as being perfect, which is super cool, we have to, we have to give ourselves some margin, If God gives us margin, if God is not standing over us, condemning us every single time we fall, remember Romans 8, 1? There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And so if God is not standing over us, condemning us every time we fall, why in the world do we stand over ourselves and condemn ourselves? If God is not angry with us, then why are we angry with ourselves? We're still living in a fallen world. We're going to make mistakes, so we have to give ourselves a little bit of margin. We have to give ourselves some room to grow. We have to remember who we are, okay? And if we're mature Christians, if we're mature Christians, we, the same thing applies. We might not fall down as much. I mean, we can go days, weeks, even months sometimes without sinning grossly, without making any sort of major mistakes, Okay? No major moral issues. That's that abundant life that Jesus died to give us. That is possible, okay? And yet, Paul tells us to keep our guard up. He says in um, 1 Corinthians 10, 12, Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. That's the New King James. I like that. Take heed. Keep your guard up. Even though you've been walking with the Lord a long time, you're still a fallen person. And it's going to creep up on you that fallen nature, when you least expect it sometimes, okay? And if you're not ready, it'll get you. Um, So we have to remember who we are. We have to keep our guard up, give ourselves some margin, but we also need to remember who God is. Immediately after 1 Corinthians 10, 12, Paul says this. He said, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful. God is faithful. And so when you are growing, when you are failing forward, when you are in the process of being sanctified, which we all are, okay, and and forever will be as long as we're on this earth, we have to remember that God is faithful. He will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we are able. But with the temptation, we'll also make the way of escape that we may be able to bear it. How many of you can testify to that? I can. God is faithful. Would you stand with me this morning? Let's pray. Jamie, will you please come? Thank you very much. This morning, as you're listening to this sermon, let's just go ahead and bow our, bow our, our heads and our hearts here. I just want you to think for a second. If you're finding yourself in that struggle. I want to pray for you this morning. If you're like, Pastor Mike, if you only knew. I love the Lord with all my heart, Mike, but I am really struggling right now. Would you just pray for me? If that's you, just slip a hand up real quick. That way I know to pray for you. Amen. I see those hands. You can put them down. Oh, God. Let's just all take a moment and pray. Let's pray for those that are in that struggle. Father God, we just commit our lives to you and we, we lift up those in our midst this morning who are they're finding themselves falling down a lot more they're crawling these days God 
but they're still moving towards you. I pray right now in Jesus' name that you would strengthen them, God. Strengthen them with your word. Holy Spirit, come alongside them. You are our helper. Strengthen them. Help them in real time, we pray. In Jesus' name, that they would go from that crawl to that walk to that run. In Jesus' name. For those of us who are here today, we're mature. We're walking with the Lord. Maybe it's been a real long time since we've even had any sort of major sinful type things come up. God, I just pray you would help us keep our guard up in Jesus' name. Lord, help us to keep our guard up. Help us to stay in the word. Help us to stay just crying out for you to recognize our inability, God, our inability to keep ourselves holy and rely on your power to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. We pray. I thank you for every person that's here this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Would you just lift your hands? I'd like to give you a blessing before you go today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. God, I just thank you for every single one of my friends that are here today. And I pray a special blessing over their lives. Just as Paul prayed for the Thessalonians, God, I pray that the God of peace would make them holy in every way. That you would keep them, their whole spirit, their soul, and their body blameless until Jesus Christ comes back again. We thank you, Lord. We know that you will make this happen because you are faithful. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you guys uh, shake a hand or give somebody a high five or a hug on your way out? Thank you for coming this morning. You are loved. We thank you for listening to this Sunday service webcast from Cornerstone Church of Parker in Parker, Colorado. We hope that His truth has enriched your life and inspires you to greater works in God's kingdom. We invite you to worship with us in our Sunday morning service or join in our other ministry events posted on cornerstonechurchofparker.org. Cornerstone Church, built on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ and connecting people to God, each other, and to our world.